Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Man, we are in the message series. The message series. We are in the marriage. It is a message series. (laughs) We are in a marriage series. Um, so quick question. Uh, first of all, can I just say, John, thank you for all that you do every week. Yes. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but John shows up early, helps set up our entire outside when it's cold and dark and all that stuff. And then also behind the scenes is always moving stuff on stage and off stage and just generally making it easy for us to, to, to teach and preach the gospel. So John, thank you again for all that you do. Absolutely. So yeah, so last week uh, we started a series called Happily Ever After, and here's two things that probably happened, I hope, is probably you went home and started working on the things that we told you to work on. We will recap those in just a second. Uh, number two, um, it probably got more difficult. So I was laughing. Uh, Jay did Fit for Jesus Sunday or Saturday. I did a great job. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. And a lot of folks missed it. Uh, a lot of folks came, but a lot of folks missed it. So if you missed it, come back next. Uh, it's not this coming Saturday, but two weeks. So we're doing it every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just come, jump in. Uh, we're going to be posting some stuff this week, kind of to, to for those that missed it, because we had quite a few that were uh, very remorseful that they missed it. Um, that uh, we're going to be posting some of that stuff through the week. But uh, I laughed because one of the things that he said was, as as followers of Christ, as human beings, I'll just say that. We're built to do hard things. Mm-hmm. Uh, telling your body not to eat junk is hard. And your body doesn't want to do it. Especially when you try. Yeah. <laughs> That's when yeah. it gets me. Yeah. If you listen, the I can minute, do it until I try. And then I'm like, the oh. minute I decide I'm going to eat healthy. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. See, that's how it works. <laughs> but you know what? If this would have been a salad, nobody would have been excited. They'd have been like, where are you going, Pastor? Yep, yep, right? right, right, right so, right <laughs> so it's easy to feed what is easy to our body. It's hard to feed what's hard for our body, and that's not that's not exclusive to fitness. That's also in our marriage. Mm-hmm. So last week, uh, the first thing that we talked about, we talked about what is love, and we went through First Corinthians thirteen and talked about the definition that God says love is and his love is kind and patient and it doesn't boast and it doesn't keep records of wrongs and all those things. And you can go through that and and check that off with your relationships. You know, if you're just in a new relationship, like is this person fulfilling these check marks? And also am I doing those things back to this person? And then it goes on and you just... Keep checking those points, even through your marriage. I mean, we've been married almost 28 years, and we still go, yay! We still say, you know, are we are we being kind? Am I being kind? Like, I'll catch myself sometimes, and I'll say something a little snippy, and I'm like, that is not, that's not checking that box for him. Yeah. So what is love? And making sure that the definition that God said love is, that we are meeting those requirements. And this is kind of the thing. So she, Tracy's got a new to her car. I buy her a car every 23 years, whether she needs it or not. Just the way I'm that kind of guy. Right. Um, 
But we were, so I never drive her car. I don't want to drive her car. It's little. I'm used to a big truck. So I try to drive her little car like it's a big truck. All If you drive a big truck, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You will grab that car. You will punch it to the floor. You will yank it around. You'll oversteer. It's just a thing. And her car tells me when I cross the center line. Now listen, I'm married. I don't need something else telling me when I cross the center line. Can I get a witness from somebody? So here we are. It saves me a lot. I don't even have to tell him how to drive anymore. The car does it for me. The car's like, beep, 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 beep. I'm like, shut up, Satan, right? And um, so anyway, so we're in her car yesterday. Uh, Jessie's actually with us in, in her new car. Um, uh, and I put uh, my drink between my knees and went to drive. And she yells because somebody it comes down our lane. Uh, maybe I pulled out in front of them. I don't think so. But um, <laughs> she yelled. So I hit the brakes like I hit the brakes in my truck. Well, the brakes in a truck and a Toyota are not the same brakes. So I threw everybody through the windshield, and my Sprite goes in the floorboard. Now, here's an upgrade. I upgraded the floor mats to the knockoff WeatherTech, so you pick them up and dump them out. Here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever tried to get a gallon of Sprite in a floor mat without spilling it, but you're not going to do it. And I'm waiting. I'm like, three, two, one. Q explosion. That's a great time for her to go on my head. I checked my face. It was good. <laughs> and then, but she didn't say anything. And we waited till Jesse got out of the car because that's how I roll. And I'm like, thank you for being patient. And one, I wouldn't do it on purpose, right? Like, it's right. not like I said, ha, 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 watch this. I'm going to spill. That's not my heart. Um, but that was a great moment for you to lose your junk. We, I talked to somebody here who bought a brand new truck, and like 15 minutes into it, his wife cracked a piece on the door. Oh, no. Great moment to lose your junk, right? But what do you value more? Do you value peace? And, so, and do you value the love that you have, or do you value something? Because here's the thing. The minute you get a car, it's an old car. I don't care if you bought it new or used. It's a used car the minute you sit in it and drive it. So it's only getting worse. Right. Best day you own a car is the first day you own it. That's right. And so what happens is this: is when we have a we have an we have the choice to go, man. Am I going to love my spouse? But also, am I going to walk in unity? Is is messing something up in a car, or or getting frustrated with dinner, or frustrated with something else? Is it worth the place where Scripture says that that anointing and blessing and life evermore flow? And so so we're stuck with that. And so that was last week. And this week, uh, we're talking about hands off my goodies. Now, see, y'all think we go, this may be, this may be, Jimmy, I feel your pain. Jimmy turned around and looked at his wife. He's sitting in front of her and he's like, listen to this. Stop. <laughs> Stop. So actually, I think it's next week or week after we're talking about sex. You're off the, you're off the hook this week, right? Um, did people just say all? Oh, they got disappointed. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Next week's going to, this week's going to be really good, but next week is definitely going to be a don't miss it kind of week. Yeah, and then the week after we're talking about sex. Let's talk about. Okay, so. <laughs> Y'all pray for me, okay? I need uh, your prayers. Yes, you do. Um, so, <laughs> so what happens is, so my number one uh, favorite thing, my favorite goodie is chocolate chip cookies. Like cho chocolate chip and peanut butter. Uh, bro, like they are the thing. But um, if you're married long enough, what you're going to figure out is that you have to share. So, um, you know what? I just want you to know because I love you and because you're so beautiful, 
I want you to have. I like those. Those are those are really good cookies. You should have it. Sorry. <laughs> cookies over here. So, so um, my favorite thing to do with cookies is, uh, anybody know there was a big basketball game last night? That's right. University of Tennessee in Kentucky. Thank you. Um, I'm rocking my Tennessee shoes. My brother-in-law got me for my birthday. There was another one around here, but we're not going to talk about it because that's the place that divides us. And last week we talked about unity. So ain't nobody here like in Kentucky. And most of y'all don't care about Tennessee. So I can talk about it. But again, I... Um, I just wanted you to know that you have this most amazing smile. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and you, I want, you I want, really want me to have it? I want it? you to have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think I'm done with that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm done trying to give you cookies. Okay. So uh, yeah, so I did not get to watch the Tennessee game last night because uh, it was on ESPN and we don't pay for cable and. So, I know you like chocolate chip. I love chocolate chip. It is your most favorite, right? It is my most favorite thing. Well, I made these. I went in the kitchen, and I pulled out the flour and the sugar and all the things to make these especially for you. (laughs) You And I want you to have them. I I don't want your cookies. Not what I want. Can I just say out of everything I saw coming, that was not it. If you missed it, if you missed it because it didn't pick up on the mic, somebody from the back said, y'all need to quit wasting cookies or I'm going to come up there. (laughs) Uh, I feel like that. Actually, it's going to make more sense in just a couple of minutes because that's 100% true. Um, Well, we couldn't use donuts because they were too messy. So you were here last week. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, hey, guess what? Guess what? I went to your favorite bakery, and I spent a lot of money. You know, gourmet cookies are expensive, That's right? true. They're really like $5 at Starbucks, y'all. What is that new cookie shop? Crumble. Cr- which is awful. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting cookies. Well, anyway. I didn't go to Crumble, but I went to your favorite place. Like, I know how much you like Big B cookies. That's true. The Big Big like cookies. Big, and the coffee. And I spent a lot of money to get you this cookie. You are so good. And I want you to have the whole cookie. Are you sure? Yes. Thank you. So, I want your cookie. Now, here's the thing. If you're watching this, what you're doing is you're like, what in the world are you all talking about? Here's what I believe. I believe that that you have the opportunity to sow goodies into your spouse's life. And the reality of it is, is that very few people don't like a form of cookie. Unless if you're communist. <laughs> but what would you do if every time you went to offer your wife a cookie, she smacked your hand? After a while, you will take your cookies and you'll distance yourself from your spouse. Mm -hmm. 
What happens if, if every time your wife came to you with cookies, you smacked them out of her hand and told her you didn't like what she had? It would, it would be a matter of seconds until mm-hmm. she takes her goodie basket and goes somewhere else. Now, again, this is not talking about sex. So if you're trying to draw a line, don't draw it yet. You're in the wrong, you're in the wrong message series. But what happens when you walk up to your spouse? Ladies, your husband walks up and you got ready and he walks in the room and he goes, you look really good. What is most of our responses? So I offer you a cookie compliment and you smack it out of my hand. You need me to keep preaching? I could probably just stop right now, cut the mic off, and leave. When you offer a compliment, you know the hardest thing to do is to learn to receive. Yes. Yes. I want today, we're, Pastor Tracy and I, we're going to lean into the power of your words, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to do when it comes to relationship with your spouse, because yes. most of us are not handling our goodies well. Right. And goodies will lead to donuts. So anyway, here we go. <laughs> so the power of words. Um, so everybody used to be taught by your parents when you'd get your feelings hurt at school. And, and they'd say, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But there's nothing more of a lie than that. Come on. Because words hurt sometimes way worse than physical pain. Come on. Because physical pain heals and it goes away, but, but words your mind will just keep cutting that word right back into your spirit and your soul over time. So the power of our words are so important. We want to look at Proverbs 18.21. And it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what that is saying, life and death, life being cookies, honey, sweet things, compliments, positive things about your spouse, and death would be bitterness and anger and harmful words and, and keeping records of everything they did wrong. Like, you know, I'm not going to six months from now be like, you spill that drink in the car. You know, I would never do that. But we have to be careful because those words, whatever we say, we eat it. So if you like to eat bitterness, say it. If you like to eat sweet things, those are the things we say. Like, how many times do you look at your spouse and go, oh, you're so stupid? You and say we, it in, we're joking, but it's yeah. words. But if my mouth has the power to speak life and death, is that what I want to say? Hey, you don't ever do anything around the house. Really? That's, that's, that's the confession you want to make over your spouse. Yeah, but I'm just kidding. Yeah, but here's the thing. What is said in jest will come up in anger. That's right. So here's what Scripture says, that that you can use your words uh, correctly or incorrectly. So here's the question. I like starting my life with the end in mind. So literally, um, one of the things... I felt angelic for a second. Um, (laughs) One of the things that I wear is Latin for remember you will die. Listen, I got to... Should Jesus not come back, I got a shelf life. Like, I'm, I'm either going to go in the rapture or by death. Fair enough? And so, here's the thing. What do, I, what do I want said about me when I die? 
How do I want my wife to feel? How do I want my son to feel? How do I want the church to feel? Is the church ready if I get hit by a bus? Ain't planning on it. But if it happened like, like what's the legacy I want to leave behind? So when it comes to, to your wife, when it comes to your kids, when it comes to your coworkers, how do you want people to remember you? And how, are you using your words in a way that really is honoring to the Lord or are you using them in a way that's tearing the world down around you? Uh, Proverbs 12, 18 says this, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healings. Man, are you healing or stabbing the people around you? Are your words healing or, or cutting your spouse? Mm-hmm. Are your words healing or cutting your coworkers and your kids and the Right? Proverbs 15, 4 says this, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Uh, I hate this word. Perverseness. Perverseness. I, I, my tongue gets fat with it. Break in, in it breaks the spirit. God said this. He said, man, you can either be a tree of life or you can be breaking people. Which one are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's right. It goes on and it says this in, in, in Proverbs 16, 24, it says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Man, again, are you breaking your spouse or are you building your spouse up? Even when you're kidding. Mm-hmm. Are you breaking them or are you building them up? Because what will happen is this. Most of the time we break our spouses down when we get angry. When we get frustrated. They're a great whipping tool. Here's what, here's what the word of the Lord says about this. It says in Proverbs 15:1, a gentle way, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You want to start a fight, say something bad. You want to really start a fight, say something bad in return, because they're already primed. Can't believe you're tracking this kitchen up. Well, you want to know what I can't believe? I can't believe you burn the bread. I can't believe you can't park a car. I can't believe you can't get all the housework done. I can't believe my clothes aren't put away. I can't believe... Oh, there's the fight. I can't believe you starting to act like your mama. (laughs) Oh, we know... Listen, we know the buttons to push. You want to start a fight? I'm one sentence away. But Scripture said this, man. He said, we have to guard what comes out of our mouth. We can either engage in conflict or we can deflect it. This year, I hate to say it, there's an election. Are you going to engage or deflect? Right. But I don't have the emotional bandwidth to argue with stupid. You you pick what stupid is in your world, right? I'm just saying, I'm not going to do it. I've got a, a close friend. He's almost like a relative who is exactly the opposite of me. And I'm just like, I ain't, I ain't going down that road. I ain't going to change your mind. Don't care. I'm going to deflect it. What happens when my wife comes in and she wants to she wants to engage in this? Here's the thing. I'm not responsible for what my wife says. I'm responsible to the Lord for what I say, how I react. Remember uh, that when, it, when we're talking about 1 Corinthians 13, I'm responsible for my reactions. I'm not going to hold a grudge even in the moment. It goes on and it says this in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, even when you're kidding. Mm-hmm. 
You're building or you're tearing down. Now, men, we love to build. Put a, put a, put a grown man on a beach, and if there's nothing to do, he's going to start building something. He's going to make a whole other castle. <laughs> you know what? In your downtime with your spouse and your kids, you're either going to make a hole or you're going to make a castle. But only what is helpful for building up others. What's the next bit of that? According to, According their, to needs. their needs, not your needs. Otherwise, it's selfish. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you went to bed or got up and thought, what does my spouse need to hear? What do my kids need to hear? That it may benefit those who listen. Because here's the thing. You always want to be around people who are building you up. They're your favorite people. So if you want to have a life of impact with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers, with what, are you bringing life or are you cutting people? Listen, it's easy to find what people do wrong. Sometimes it takes a microscope and a telescope to find what they're doing right. But what you feed grows. That's right. What you starve. Listen, ladies, I'm going to give you a hint. Instead of you griping about what he's not doing, if you start bragging on what he is, he'll do more of it. Guys, if there's something you like, pet it. <laughs> Listen, no, no, no. <laughs> that was not at all what I meant. See, y'all ready for the sex talk. That's what, that's what I'm hearing. But here's the thing. What, what? No, that's not that's not an inaccurate statement. But like, okay, can I just can I'm going to lean in and just hit this for a second. So here's the thing. How many guys that are married? If you're not married, keep your hands to yourself. Don't give me no lines. Keep your hands to yourself. How many how many guys here when you walk by your spouse and she's doing dishes, she's folding laundry, uh, she's breathing? <laughs> You give the booty a little rub. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Ladies, what's your reaction? Stop. It depends on do, what I'm doing. That's right. <laughs> but here's the thing. Do you really, do you really want me to stop? Right. Do you want my attention not turned towards you? Is that really what you want? Because what you want, I'm going to make you a promise. You're going to get it. But when you get it, it may not taste like what you thought it was going to taste like. Mm -hmm. So if you like the attention, I'd be like, girl, my husband can't keep his hands off me. You don't want salt in your cookies. Yeah, right? don't put, don't put, look, drop it out there. <laughs> put the cake out. Let me get a little rub on it. It ain't hurting you. You weren't doing nothing with it. Can I get a witness? You, you, I think we smack hands and look, I got, I got teenagers that are here with their parents going. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't make your kids gag a little bit, you don't have the right marriage. I'd be like, hey, hey, which is easy for you to chuck down that little bit of spaghetti we just ate or a divorce? Mm -hmm. Pick what you want. Because here's the thing. When you move out, 
always on. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And guys, you know, if, if there's a if there's an issue, you know, you can do like Adam does when my hands are in the middle of making something and I can't fight him off. I'm just kidding. I mean, that works. But look, you know. sometimes I roofie myself. I'm like, in five minutes, I'm gonna be passed out. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, my next point <laughs> is ironically, you answer to God for the words that you say. <laughs> I picked the wrong time to take a drink of coffee. I'm just letting you know right there. But it's true. So when I think about this is God's child, this is my spouse and this is yep. my best friend, but he is also God's baby. And if you mess with a daddy's baby, you're going to get it. That's right. You're going to get the daddy bear. You hear about mama bear. Mama bear's mean, but you don't want daddy bear coming out either. That's right. So when I think about the things that I say, the words that I say, God holds me accountable for how I treat this man. Right. You know, everything that I say, I use his heart as my example because I never want to hurt his heart. In Matthew 12, 36, it says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it on the judgment day. What kind of word? Every word. Every? Spoken word. Careless. Yes. Spoken. Mm -hmm. word the one you don't think about keep going I'm sorry right so the idea is think about what you say because your words do matter and if you have to stop and pause and say you know I, I need a minute when we come to a place where we're like not totally in agreement with something we we talked about it last week you just stop and leave it alone but sometimes you know in the heat of things one of us, and, and sometimes it's him telling me, you know, we have to stop a minute. Sometimes it's me saying, you know, we need a break. But we will actually physically take a moment or two and separate. We'll go to different rooms, do something, cool down. Um, and you probably have the same thing. His personality is, let's fix it. We're going to talk through it right now. We're going to get this out in the open, and we'll be done with it, right? Me, I'm like, okay, I need you to let me get through this in my own head first because my head space is where everything battles for me. And so if I have a minute to go and gather my thoughts and go, you know, is this really this big a deal? And most of the time, most of the time, it's not that big of a deal. And then we can come together and rationally work through it and get into unity. So Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I used to go to a church that we had Wednesday night service, and every Wednesday night we left church with this scripture, and everybody repeated it together. And the pastor said, you know, go into your week this way and be careful of your words. Let the words of my mouth and the things that I think about inside my heart, the things that I get deep down in my spirit, let them be acceptable in the sight of the Lord because He's my Redeemer. And that comes back to, to guarding what you say. That kind of goes together. In Psalms 14, I'm sorry, Psalms 141, verse 3, it says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. And I love this. I love that your lips are the door. You know, doors are like fences and gates. You close them or you open them. That's good. You can't say anything that somebody makes you say. And you can't receive anything that somebody says to you if you guard your lips and you guard your 
your mouth. In James 3.10, it says, And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Also, this is the sign of a double-minded person. You know, if you are saying good things and then cursing bad things, and I don't mean cursing like curse words necessarily, but I mean, you know, we, he's talked about a lady he prayed for, you know, oh, I want the Lord to heal me, I want the Lord to heal me, and her friends come in the door, and she's like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying. That's what the Lord's talking about. You know, this can't be right. You have to set your mind and keep it set, and you have to let your words be a product of those thoughts. Right, and, and the reality of it is, is you're going to give an account for everything that you say, even right. carelessly. So, man, you got to guard what you say, and, and, and some of this is just maturing in the faith. Just because you feel it don't mean you've got to say it. And can I be honest with you? Your feelings will follow your confession. I, I had a guy one time and, and he showed up and he said, man, I need to talk to you. I'm just not attracted to my wife anymore. She's put on some weight and whatever. And I said, okay, great. They lived about 30 minutes away from, from where we were meeting. I said, good, I want you to go get your marriage picture and bring it back here. And he did. And I said, tell me what you see. And he said, man, she's put on weight and she's gotten older and and he goes through all this stuff, and I say, yeah, you have. Because when you got married, you were in the Marine Corps. And you had better hair. And you had a six-pack. And you didn't make noises when you got up and sat down. <laughs> and yeah, so, so you have changed a lot. Now, here's the thing. You can leave this woman. She's a good woman. Hadn't done anything wrong. She's honored the Lord. And here's what's going to happen. She's going to find another man in about 15 minutes. And you're going to pick through the trash for leftovers. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't know how to honor what you have. My advice to you is instead of figuring out everything you think this woman's done wrong, figure out what she's done right and spend a month thanking her for it. He came back two weeks later and he said, I was an idiot. I said, oh, I knew that. <laughs> right? Because what happened was because his, 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 he let his thoughts and probably, I would dare say, pornography came into that. Or Instagram. Can I be honest with you? She ain't got to be naked for it to be pornography. All you have to do is start comparing somebody to somebody else mm -hmm. in a particular kind of way, and you've taken it too far. And so this guy started going, you know what? She does take care of my kids well. Man, she does still love me, even though I'm an idiot. She right? Because every dude has every dude has brilliance and dumb in the same character. Man, she this woman would stick by to me if I had a million dollar job or if I had a if I was making fries. Like, can we, can we honor that? Can we, hey, ladies, you know what? He may not take the trash out when, it, when you want him to, but your house ain't falling apart. Can you give him some honor? Man, the guy's filling your tank up with gas every week. Can you give him some honor? He may not come at home on time because he's working late, and that may be frustrating, but can you honor him? Because you're going to give an account for those loose words that you say. Mm -hmm. It goes on and... And we love this. If you're a book reader, I encourage you to read a book by Gary Chapman. It's called The Five Love Languages. Um, you have a primary love language that you speak, but your spouse has a primary love language that they speak. 
And if you're trying to speak in your love language and they're trying to speak in their love language and they're not the same language, it's like going to a foreign country. Uh, we went to the Dominican Republic this year. I figured this out. You can't put L and O on the end of everything and make people in another language understand you. No matter how loud you talk. I got in a cab and I said, I want to go to El Restaurante for some El Tacos. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you speak English, right? Most people speak more than, you are bilingual whether you know it or not. Most people speak more than, love, more, more than one love language. But there are five of them. We just want to talk through them real quick. Um, first one. Yeah, the first one is words of affirmation. Um, positive, encouraging words. Who doesn't like to hear this, right? I mean, um, even if it's not your top love language, this is something that we all want to hear. You know, we all want to be told that we're really good at something or that we really look nice or, hey, you know, I like the way you're doing your hair. You know, any kind of a compliment or, you know, you're so smart. Like, how did you figure that out? Those kind of things. Everybody wants to hear those things. And that goes back to the power of your words. You know, you want to make sure that you affirm or build up your spouse you don't want to tear your spouse down. You want to tell them the things like he said, pastor said, you know, you want to pick the good things out and talk those up because when you talk those things up, when you speak, again, the words, when they come out, they come to life. If you keep them to yourself, they're not really there. It's kind of like a document. You know, if it's in writing, it's real. If it's not in writing, it never happened. So if you speak those words, those become reality and your spouse hears those words and if you're sincere they start believing and they start actually like building up from that has anybody's wife ever asked him what do you think i should wear okay and every time they ask us that we feel like we just got to the part of the sat that we have no idea what they're talking about one, you need to go on your phone open your notes page and when she walks out with something that you really like you need to make a big deal out of it. I'm talking about how many women would love to hear this when you get when you get done getting ready. Let's be honest, that's a process. I'm talking about like date night ready. When they walk and if it's not a process, can I just help you real quick? You ain't putting in the effort. Put on some makeup. It ain't going to hurt you. Take a little time to fix your hair. Don't wear something with pink across your butt. <laughs> Put on some real pants. But when they walk out, when they walk out and you go, girl, come on, spin around. Let me take a look. Hold on. And if, if you don't say, wow, when I'm going date ready, I will turn around and I will change clothes. And that is the last thing he wants is for me to take another 30 minutes to figure out what I'm going to wear on our date. But here's the other thing. And I've just put this into play is if I like it, I make a note of it on my phone. So when she calls me and goes, hey, what do you think I should wear? I go, uh, let me think for a second. Notes, notes, notes. I like the gray top with the black pants. I like the blah, blah, blah. And you start naming them off. And you say, hey, whatever you're in the mood for. But here are my top five. Oh, yeah, you just became a stud. <laughs> Make sense? So use the power of your words. Yeah. And, and ladies, you know, likewise with men, you know, it, statistics show that men spend more time at work than they do at home. And the reason is because that's where they're getting their affirmation. Men get it from the bedroom, the ball field, and the... Bedroom, ball field, and boardroom. Boardroom, which is work, right. So 
if they're getting accolades at work about how smart they are and how great they are, and then they come home and you're telling them how trash they are because they don't do this and they don't do that, and nagging, that is one way that they will shut down on you mentally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So give yeah. your man, speaking from a woman, give your man words of affirmation. Tell him how smart he is. Tell him, like, I think you've been working them arms a little bit. I think they're getting a little bug there. <laughs> I like the way that jacket puffs your pecs out there a little bit. You All right, know? We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> but, like, yeah. we, you've used the – he loves Tennessee. Football, yes. basketball, ladies' basketball, it doesn't matter. It's Tennessee. He watch baseball. He'll watch, you know, swimming, I don't whatever care. it is, if it's whatever it is. It. If it's Tennessee and it, it's orange, we're in it. So, but those are the times when he really wants to sit down and focus. And so the last thing I want to do is be like, Anna, from the other room or honey, I need you to do this or that. You know, pick your time, choose, choose your time wisely, because if it's really something that needs to be done, if you choose your time wisely, you will more than likely have his ear as long as it's not in the middle of something, you know, really important to him. Just like if, you know, if you're in the middle of cooking dinner, you don't want to stop and have to go do something because you might, you know, miss something out, mess something up. Well, and like this, like, um, I don't know if you missed this, Super Bowl's next week. I'm a big Chiefs fan. And I looked at her and said, but here's my plan. I'm going to be on the back porch. I'm going to have my TV on. I'm going to have my heaters on. I want some junk food. That is not fit for Jesus to perfect. That one night, Jesus Jesus is going to have <laughs> watch football with me and eat some bad food, right? I'll give him the. I'll give him right. But here's the thing: that's not the time when I need to take the trash out. That's not the time when you need to sit down and we need to compare schedules, go over bills. Now, you know something my wife does that's great is she'll come out and sit with me. She has no interest in football. She really has no idea what's going on. I she just was, cheer she, when they cheer because I figure something good's happening. And the rest of the time, happening. she's on her phone looking at Pinterest. True. We're both happy. So, so one is is uh, words of affirmation, but two is quality time. This is my wife's love language. Yes. So there's not a woman in the room, there's not a guy in the room that doesn't want to be talked positively about. But the second thing is, is I'm a gift giver by nature. I love to give gifts. It's, it's part of the way that I communicate my love for you. However, my wife is not a gift receiver. Like she's like, oh great, where were you? <laughs> yeah. Right? So I learned, hey, I can go spend $400 on the next gadget that my wife has no idea what to do with it and I'll end up gathering dust. Or I can just go take an afternoon and give her all of my attention, mute my phone, and she's in seventh heaven. Because here's the thing. According to, to a new report from uh, the National Marriage Project at, at UVA and Whitley Institute, it surveyed uh, U.S. married couples about their dating frequency. Over half, 52% reported never or rarely going on dates, while only 48% uh, uh, reported having regular date nights at least once or twice a month. Now, it's ironic that that... Just about matches the divorce rate. Yes, so 30 to 50 percent, 30 to 60 percent of marriages face uh, uh, dissolution, uh, divorce, uh, and on a second marriage, it's 60 to 70 percent. But there's a direct correlation between people that go on dates and divorce rates. Yep. 
People go, I don't have time to go on a divorce rate. Good. You're just making time to talk to your lawyer. Like, what do you want to do? Look, we don't, we don't have to. And, and sometimes you can do a home date night. But you need to have quality time. It's time when the phones aren't there and the kids are occupied. And, and like, there's just time for attention. Listen, you make time for what's important. And if it ain't important, don't make time for it. Okay. So the third is physical touch. And all the men said. Amen. And that is my husband's love language. His number one love language. Um, the need for human touch is one of our basic, most primal needs. Touch deprivation is correlated with negative health outcomes such as anxiety, depression, immune system disorders, physiology, day to day to day. Everything's tied back to physical touch. If you think about a baby that's born prematurely and they're in an incubator, you know, they want that mom near that baby. They want they have a hole where you can actually put your hand in there and touch that child. And that baby, that baby responds to that physical touch. That baby doesn't know anything about relationships. It knows nothing about this world, but it knows its, its whole being craves that touch. And nothing, nothing about that changes as we get older, except for the facets that we use it in. Yeah. Anybody remember COVID? Uh, I had a drive. I had a drive-through birthday uh, that the church put on for me. Y'all remember that? People were lined up, and they're like, "Look, we gonna put you in the back of a truck, and you just go through and wave." Now, listen, I am a, I am a, I am a touch person. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I drove through and I waved at everybody, and I was like, "Hey, I just need to get out and, and tell a couple people something." The next thing you know, true story, you we had like people. 50 people in a circle. We were hugging. Breaking we, all the rules. Yeah, we were in public. <laughs> we didn't even care. And I was just like, I can't do it anymore. Like, I I yearn for. Now, we've talked a lot about intimate touch, but can I be honest with you? Sometimes you don't need sexual contact. You just need contact. Yeah. Any dude ever been driving, and she leans over and does the fingernail thing on the back of your neck, and you're like, you swerving like George Jones. You know what I'm talking about? You like, you like, oh girl, come on now. Ladies, have you ever been out and your husband made a point to, to keep his hand on your back? Or to make sure that you were included? Or just offer you a hand? Or throw his, his elbow out? Just so that y'all were, so that people knew that you were together. Mm-hmm. Because we were created for contact. Mark 10, 8 says this. It says, and the two shall become one flesh. So no longer two, but one. God created you to be in connection with your spouse, not just intimately. And that's what that scripture is talking about. Mm-hmm. But but you all should stay as physically connected as you can. Because what you speak about and what you stay in touch with, you'll bond to. So um, next one. Acts of service. So acts of service, um, I think that one, that one ties with me with words of affirmation in second place because um, I think it, tie, it ties into my quality time love language because it's how we serve our spouse, um, taking things off their plate so that it frees up that time, that quality time that we're searching for. And it always seems like when, when your love language like mine is quality time, there are all these things grabbing at your time and you're just like, I don't want everything taking my time. So all these things that happen day to day and all these things that you have to do that just keep coming at you. If somebody comes in and says, 
let me unload the dishwasher or let me cook dinner tonight. Like, I have a especially crazy day on Wednesdays. And so most of the time, Adam, Pastor Adam cooks our dinner on Wednesday night. And it's such a load off me to go, I don't have to think about dinner on Wednesday because he's got it. So it's just, it's a way of helping. It's your helpmate and it's a way of helping them out. Um, it can, it doesn't have to be a chore. It can actually be something that, you know, you want to go do for them. And it doesn't have to involve money, like he said. I mean, there's gifts and there's nothing wrong with gifts. We'll talk about that next. But when you serve somebody, I think that speaks to a different level. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. If I'm serving you, don't tell me how to serve you. Like if I load the dishwasher, don't tell me I did it wrong. Because if you smack my hand on it, I would I would just let you have that cookie. I don't do laundry anymore. Do not. I shrunk a bunch of my wife's stuff. I was forbidden. And I just remembered it. I was like, look, I don't do laundry. I'll do my own. I'll do like throw on my t-shirts, jeans, everything goes in one load. Well, I said, can't you separate my color? <laughs> No. So I just do my own. Most of the time, I, honestly, my wife does my laundry. But here's the thing. If, if somebody's serving you, guys, same thing. If your wife decides to, to clean your car for you and she streaks all your windows, shut up. Just be thankful for what she did. Does that make sense? If she decided to organize your toolbox in all the wrong ways, it's okay. It's Okay. Nobody's going to die. If the dishwasher's loaded wrong, if, if he makes dinner, don't tell him what he did wrong. Be glad you got something to eat. I, don't, I hardly ever call my wife and ask her anymore on the days I fix food. I'm like, when you get home, it'll be ready. Uh, last night we got done. She made dinner and she was in watching TV. She's with full day for us. And uh, I just went in and did the, did the kitchen. And she didn't even look behind me. She just said, thank you. And I'm like, you're welcome. John Wayne the dish dishes. <laughs> Makes sense. But it goes back to that to that words of affirmation. Part of it is if they if you are an acts of service person, receive that service well. Um, the last one is this is gifts. And can I say this? Gifts are not greedy. Right. Some people receive gifts as a way of going, you went to work and you're you you earned a certain dollar amount. So by giving me something, you're giving me a piece of your life. Because remember this, men are protectors and providers. So the way that we show you love is by providing for you. When women go, I don't need a man. No, you may not need one, but you, you should want one. And if you've got a good one, you better be thankful for it. Mm -hmm. my, my husband is hardworking. He goes to work. If you've got a, a wife who works, be appreciative of that, man. She's given her life to provide part of the family income. I mean, that's... That's to be celebrated. But it's also to be one of those things where you're like, hey, let me, let me give you something. Scripture says where your treasure is, there your heart is. If you spend more on hunting than your honey, you're yeah. out of priority, right? If you spend more on your nails than you do your husband, you're out of priority. Now, this is not my primary love language. Go do your nails, boo. <laughs> Makes sense? But part of being a good spouse is one, watching every word that comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Not just to your spouse, but to your kids, to your co Like, you need to be so word conscious. Mm 
especially if you have a different love language than your spouse because you want to give your love language that's yes. how you you give what you like to receive but that may not be what he likes to receive so we're speaking two different languages at that point and we just don't understand each other and we're beating our head against the wall trying to please this person thinking we're doing the right thing and you're not even speaking a language that they understand the, the best thing you do is sit down with your spouse and go, hey what, what, pick your two Pick your three. I just want to know what to talk. Now, can I be honest with you? Words of affirmation should be on everybody's list. It may not be your number one, but it's on there. Mm -hmm. So here's the other thing. What you say in front of people matters. Are you building up? Tear down. So let's go back to this goody example. If I walk into my wife and I go, hey, I really love you and I want to spend some time with you. And I just want you to know you're so special. You. Now, ladies, can I, teach, you. can I teach you a word? Say it after me. Two words. Thank you. If we pay you a compliment and you don't know what to say, here's the right response. Thank you. Don't argue with us. Unless if you want us to believe your argument. Girl, you look good. No, I don't want to look hideous. Okay, you're uglier than sin. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> You, you were so lucky to have me. I mean, you're basically a troll doll. Wow. Is, that, is that what you want? Because if you smack my hand long enough for one thing, guy, every guy in here is going, I wish I could have said that. Well, the reason I can say it is I'm on stage with a camera. There's proof, right? <laughs> so what happens is, as you offer goodies to your spouse, you need to be able to give them, but you also need to be able to receive them. Guys, if she comes in and goes, you are so creative. You're, you're so, well, I'm not a builder. I made a box one time. It, it worked out to be square. It was for our table. And she's like, you are so handy. Yes, I am. I was so proud of that square. Come on. You Come on. So we can not but We don't even need it anymore. I said, you might want to keep that. That's probably the last thing I'm going to build it square. <laughs> you know what? Thank you. It's okay, guys, for your wife to brag on something you build and you not point out all the imperfections. Lady, it's okay for you to make something and we're like, that's so good. No, I put too much salt in it. Just say thank you. Yeah, I think pride gets in the way. I think, you know, ladies tend to get, our emotions get in the way. And I think men, sometimes your pride gets in the way because, you know, men are supposed to be tough and strong and bulletproof. And I think that when you let your guard down, even with your spouse sometimes, you're vulnerable and that, that makes you feel insecure about things. But if you've got a spouse that returns that, you can always, always be yourself and be open and honest. And you'll watch your relationship just thrive, no pun intended, but it will grow in a way that you never thought into a great marriage. Because you can live a good marriage. You probably got one. But what we want you to have is a great marriage. And it starts with two things. Well, the building from last week is on two things. One, words of affirmation. Man, you need to be in a place that drips with honey. But two, you need to be in a place where you know your partner's love language and they know yours. You know your spouse's love language and they know yours. And you're giving them what they need. Because your love language is not a want. It's a need. It's the way God wired you. So today, or this week, your homework is going to be pretty simple. Um, 
Find out your love languages. Two, three, you can't be all five. Don't do that to us. So I love gifts and I love time and I love, <laughs> right? Ain't nobody keeping up with that. If you're single too, I want to speak to the single people that, you know, maybe you're not with that person yet, or maybe, you know, you were and you're not, and you're in a place of transition. Practice those things. Search yourself and find out, you know, what is my love language and what are the things that I need to do to to make myself a better person to be around. There's a saying that if you can't find a good person, be the good person. Right. And I love that. So find yourself in this time of transition. Well, and and if you're dating, I'm just going to say this. If you can't do these things part-time, you'll never do them full-time. So if you're dating, if you're in a dating relationship, this needs to be something you put into play now, part-time, so that when you're full-time, you can carry it out. As we close, here's what I'd love for you to do. If you will stand to your feet. If you're here with, with your husband or wife or maybe you're dating or you're engaged, will you, just, will you just take the hand of your spouse? If you're here and maybe your spouse sitting with you, you're single or whatever, man, we just we want to pray over couples and future couples and um, couples that, that may be separated for whatever reason. But can we just pray over you? Dear Heavenly Father, right now we just we thank you for this day. God, we ask that you let the words of our heart or, or the and the, the meditations of our mind, God, just let them be pleasing to you. God, let what we say to our spouse and to our kids and to the world around us, God, let us see the weight and the value of it. God, I ask that today you knit married couples together in a way that maybe you've never done before. God, that you create future husbands and wives in, a, in an image and a likeness that resembles what you want us to be like. And I just wonder if maybe you're here and, and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm here, I'm watching online, but, and I'm just not where I'm supposed to be with the Lord. I'm, I am just not there. If that's you. We just slip your hand up. We just want to pray with you. Thank you so much. Across this room, can we just pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. Ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.